Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Live from the Vegas Strip, welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and today you'll meet Cookie Watkins, whose tribute to Tina Turner is so spot on that it's almost difficult to believe. Cookie is a true talent with a fantastic story that you'll love. Another incredible tribute artist that can only be found in Vegas. Our team of Vegas contributors are here as well. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin, VitalVegas.com, is here with an expanded segment to explain an attraction that you've probably never even heard of. It's called Omega Mart, and it's really hard to describe, but Scott will do his best later in the show. Mr. Big is here with the Vintage Vegas Crime Blotter, along with Tiger Todd, the creator of Hero School, who's here to discuss compassion. Finally, nutritionist Melissa Anderson is back talking about fiber, which she says is both tasty and healthy. You know, if you've ever come down to Las Vegas, one of the fun things to do is see some of the really good tribute artists, and there's a lot out of them. You've heard of people doing Frank Sinatra and, of course, Elvis Presley, Neil Diamond, but there's a fantastic artist that you got to see. Her name is Cookie Watkins, and when you listen to her and look at her, you're thinking Tina Turner. I mean, she's just incredible, the show she does on there. Cookie, welcome. Uh, has Tina always been kind of an idol to you growing up? Well, not really. It was just by chance that I, um, you know, I did my studies uh, in music in New York when right after high school. And uh, I used to have little bands and write music and stuff. And then the age of the 80s came along and everybody was getting a record deal, a record contract. So I was trying to do the same thing everybody else was doing. Cindy Lauper was a good friend of mine. You know, I knew uh, Deborah Harry and all of those, I guess, the pre- and post-rocker females. And uh, I said, you know, I'm going to put a band together and see what I can do and get a deal. Well, I did that and record companies came to see me. And they approached me and said, we would love to sign you, but you remind us too much of Tina Turner, and she was never a successful recording artist. Oh, so <laughs> that was like, what? Wow, yeah. really? <laughs> but anyway, I, didn't get, I did eventually get a record deal. I had, as a matter of fact, I had three. But um, uh, people just thought that I was so much like her. You know, because I think my range as a singer, because I originally wanted to be an opera singer. So I just took the opera chops and mixed it and added a little edge to it. 
you know, and there there was, you know, and I just happened to, uh, I was very fortunate to um, sing on demos, and it just so happens that one of the demos went to Tina Turner. Oh. And she said, wait a minute, you know, and this is what I was told mm-hmm. before I met her. They said, she said, who, who is this singing? She sounds just like me. <laughs> and uh, they told her who I was and everything. And so she happened to come to New York and she was playing a theater called The Ritz back in the 80s. That was a big rock place. And uh, matter of fact, it was, well, yeah, it was like 1980. And uh, she wanted to meet me because she just thought it was so uncanny that I had that same tone of voice, you yeah. know, and that, that that echo scream. So uh, there she was, and I went and I met her, and uh, it was funny because she laughed when she looked at me, and I was looking at her like, well, why are you laughing? <laughs> you know, and she says, she says, oh, my goodness. She said, you don't just sound like me. You look like me, too. Back with more in just a moment from Tina Turner tribute artist Cookie Watkins, whose strong and powerful voice has Vegas audiences singing and dancing in the aisles. Now, we've been discussing the problems of homelessness with Tiger Todd, as well as ways to turn people's lives around. Today, let's discuss how compassion plays a part in this important issue. Do we need to change our definition of compassion? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I don't want to bother these people. I'll, I'll bring them some stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll give them some money, whatever. You're looking at them saying, it's not compassionate to do this. We need to get them a life, you know, so they can go out, like you said, they start living. Yeah, well, if we're going to leave that, you know, again, I think your, your goal when you talked about let's, let's try to, you know, to introduce this to help our listeners and to help the people, you know, who have to live with this day in, day out in cities like, you know, Seattle, San Francisco, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, San Diego. You know, these are just West Coast cities. We're talking about, uh, you know, people like us that live with this or moms that have to walk their kids to school. And now it's a homeless encampment. Now it's 76 needles that, you know, provided for by somebody. Well, we have to deal with this on a day in, day out basis, you know, we do want to provide at least, you know, there has to be a a philosophy of what we're dealing with, but we also have to have some, you know, some strategic steps, right? So, so what are some ways in which to do that? And so in answer to, you know, maybe the short answer to your question is, we at least need to break down compassion into two steps, you know, and, um, and just, uh, let's just say, because the first 10,213 homeless people I got off the streets, all but five of them told me they were Christians. Let's just use a Christian principle here, which translates to other either mythologies or religions or, or you know, or even scientific principles. And I would say that, um, you know, when, when the character uh, Jesus dealt with someone who, I have to treat this like a movie, right? right. So I say characters, right? And so he's confronted now with blindness, right? So what are the obstacles on the way to uh, accomplishing the impossible, right? That's a movie, right? The character has to uh, make it through or around or whatever these um, these obstacles to accomplish this impossible deed. And um, and if it wasn't impossible, it wouldn't be worth making a movie about. So here he is on this road, and, he, and people keep throwing up obstacles at him. And here comes this next obstacle. The person is blind. You know, how do you deal with blindness? And there's a great line in there, and I think it's probably a couple times in the New Testament that says, he was moved with compassion, and, here's the second half, he healed their sick. It wasn't about the blindness, it was this guy says, I can't earn a living because I'm blind. 
So compassion moves you to help, but the second half is how we help. We want to make sure it doesn't reinforce homelessness, doesn't reinforce addiction, right? Doesn't reinforce um, a lack, of, a greater lack of security in our neighborhood where we're raising our kids, right? So I think if we just said, okay, let's just stop at the compassion and say, okay, I want to help this person, but if I understand they're human, right? If I understand their four habits to homelessness, if I understand that all those habits are in the past, what can I do? How can I help that moves this person a step away from homelessness in that culture instead of reinforces it and has them repeat history like Happy Gilmore or Groundhog Day? More with Tiger Todd of Hero School again next week. In the meantime, learn all you can about Hero School, which ignites rapid and lasting change with the homeless, houseless, and hopeless at the speed of movies. Visit heroschool.us. That's heroschool.us. For great classic sports, it's Sports RACX, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X, short for Sports Rock and Tours. And later today on Sports Rock and Tours, we celebrate the return of baseball with one of the greats from the Miracle Mets, Ed Cranepool. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. If you love great sound, you'll love Oomph Speakers. Meet Troy, one of the idea guys who helped develop these fine speakers. Troy, these speakers would be great for the beach, the pool, or the golf course. Absolutely. With our golf speaker, it's a bit smaller, and it'll attach to both a powered cart and a pull cart. Be seen, be heard. Go to theoonts.com. That's T-H-E-O-O-N-T-Z.com. You hear Mr. Big every week on this show. Now Mr. Big invites you to visit him online and save some money. All his books are now on Kindle, and he's got a variety of books, fiction and nonfiction, including The Life and Times of Frank Balisteri, books on casino games, and much more. You can buy the Kindle and save even more money. Go to MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-979-4317. 800-979-4317. That's 800-979-4317. Did Louis the Coin really soak the sheets with red wine in Rome? Yes. Did he really tell a federal court after testing positive for cocaine in his 70s that he only used coke for sex? Yes. Well, you can get these tales and more in the great book, You Thought It Was More, Adventures of the World's Greatest Counterfeiters. It's available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at LouisTheCoinBook.com. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at LouisTheCoinBook.com.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Cookie Watkins, whose Tina Turner tribute is the closest thing you'll ever find to the real Tina Turner. You must try to ignore that it means more than that. Oh, what's love got to do? Got to do with it. Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? Then I also had an opportunity to be in a uh, show. It was an off-road show uh, called Beehive. Yeah. This was uh, uh, three ladies, uh, well, six ladies, three black, three white, and I happened to be one of the ladies that portrayed Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, and Gina Turner. So it was like I couldn't get away from it. Doing that show was brought me to Las Vegas because I had done the show for about four years in the States. Then we did one international tour, and then they decided to redo it again, and they wanted to bring it to Las Vegas. I had never been to Vegas, only one time to do a corporate uh, performance. And I said to myself, you know, I never really worked in Vegas. Why not? Let me try it out. And I did. That was almost 24 years ago, and I'm still here. Oh, we're so happy you are. I know you were uh, a part of uh, Legends, right, for, for a while. Where obviously I you're doing was on Legends off and on for about 20 years, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just the fact that the, the people you do, not just Tina, but like you said, Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, that's just the big power singers that I grew up with. I love that music. Right. And it doesn't surprise me that you did study opera and classical because mm-hmm. really the, the stuff they sing isn't just a gift from God. It is. But but it's also you got to really sing. Right? I mean, that's something you don't just oh, get no, out you there. You really have to sing. That's nothing you can get away with. That's like that's not a karaoke not a fun night. That That is just <laughs> demanding, demanding vocals. And you have to keep your chops going. You know, you really have to know what you're doing, you know, because you can hurt yourself vocally and stuff. But uh, as it, you know, I was always known as the little girl with this woman's voice. You know, people at one point, uh, my brother actually sang with Duke Ellington back in the 70s. And he would have such a fun, uh, you know, just a, a, not a gimmick, but he would run back and grab me. On uh, in the dressing room and bring me in on stage to sing. Wow! <laughs> and when I would come out and sing, they said, "Oh my God, that's got to be a midget." <laughs> no, no, no child could sing like that, you know, and stuff. But I mean, it, it was it was my voice, and God bless, knock on wood, the same voice I've had all those years, I still have. Yeah, so well, they call you, what I understand, uh, correct me if this is wrong, Iron Throat, huh? <laughs> Iron Throat, that's it, uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, Duke Ellington, what better person to bring you out there, right? I mean, what greater yeah. music legend? Oh, yeah, what a, what a, you know, I did not realize at the time, I, I was like, I, as a matter of fact, I was miserable. Because I would have to sit and listen to Count Basie, uh, Louis Armstrong, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., all of these people, Sarah Vaughn, you know, uh, uh, what's the stormy, uh, Lena Horne. Yeah. All of these people, and I would sit in the dressing room with them and talk to them, you know, and they would ask me, well, what did you want to do when you grow up? Are you going to sing like your brother? And I said, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> you know, and um, I didn't realize then that the people I were around 
because when I tell people this story now, they look at me and say, do you realize who you were around as a child and who you, you know, got to just walk side by side and listen to and, you know, learn the staging and everything from those. They said those were, those were some of the original entertainers, you know, of our time. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I guess so, because it has, it really, you know, it just helped that I had that education Right, yeah. Hands on. Well, do you, you know, think it helped you too that the fact that you weren't because you you know you didn't realize except the, the royalty you were dealing with oh, that you yeah. could just sit there and kind of listen and, and really take it in without oh, being sure. just caught up. Oh yeah. sure, because just like I said, all of my friends were run you know listening to Motown and, and going to dances, and I'm sitting in a the, uh, theater watching Cal Basie. <laughs> watching the television and, and Sarah Vaughn singing and stuff and I'm going oh boy what what a, what a great time I'm happy but it that just like I said that hands on education has helped me become a performer that I am today yeah you know and people don't you know you mentioned Beehive but you've been in a lot of uh, stage musicals I understand oh, Guys God, and yeah. Dolls Sweet oh, Charity I've Hair I lived in Madrid I was in Hair in New York I was in a uh, one of the sub of Sweet Cherry, and uh, oh God, I've I've done more things than I can think about sometimes. When um, and, and even as a recording artist, I sang on numerous rock albums of Foreigner, Deborah Harry, Jay Giles Band. And I used to be a background singer for Fixie Robinson, which meant I got to open up for Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> Foxy, I mean, just—I mean, it's never—it's never stopped. What a great life! I mean, you've been all over the place. Oh my God, yes. And you like the fact that you know you're not limited strictly to one genre. I mean, people that come and see you as Tina Turner think, "Oh my God, this is all she sings." They have no idea. No, they have no idea. No, until they Google me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's the funny thing. That's my new. My new calling card when people say, oh, and I said, oh, well, I'm a singer. He said, well, if you've ever done anything we know, I said, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Why don't you just Google me and see? <laughs> More in a moment with Cookie Watkins, who was hand-selected by Legends in Concert, the Next Best Thing TV show, and many other shows nationwide to be their Tina Turner tribute impersonator. Time now to take a look back at the days of Vintage Vegas with Mr. Big. Let's open up the vault of the Vintage Vegas crime blotter. Johnny Handsome is one of our favorite subjects. Uh, More about uh, what happened with that gin rummy uh, game. Tell us about that, Mr. Big. Sure. The question comes up, how do they cheat? It's kind of hard to cheat, Jim Rummy. Yeah, it is. But they were really interesting people. They took an idea from Vegas. They drilled holes, the ceiling. They had a guy with binoculars look through those holes in the ceiling that they drilled out so they could tell the other cards that all the other players had. They had a device set up where they could communicate with the people playing cards for them what other people had to do some spectacular winning. Yes, they cheated. They cheated purposely, intentionally. They spent a lot of time and a lot of money to cheat people who would think they were their friends. Sorry, when you come to the mafia, you got no friends. When they were sending the information about what they saw up in the ceiling, uh, how did they do that? Did they do it through some wire system or like by, by padding or making noise? No, what noise? they did was, it's my understanding what they did is they had a radio, which they could send a signal down to, to like pat the guy in the leg. 
Okay. Now, I don't know what those singles were. I should read the court documents because I expect to be really fascinating reading. Thank you, Mr. Big. Remember, we open the Vintage Vegas Crime Blotter every week here on Vegas Never Sleeps. To find out more about Mr. Big, go to his website. It's MilwaukeeMob.com. He's got books on crime, books on gambling, some really cool merchandise you don't want to miss out. That's MilwaukeeMob.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. Alan Childs here, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and I'm chatting with Tina Turner tribute artist Cookie Watkins, who is simply the best. Come now with the big pomps and circumstances of the entrance. It was like the entrance music, and it really yeah. got the fans hyped up because it used to be a time they'd just call a wrestler and the wrestler just walk out, you know. But now it's a big uh, song and dance. Yeah, and I did the first. I did the first CD. Wow, that is fantastic! What a career! That's not the only other athlete uh, participation. I also was singer on all the blooper uh, and blundered uh, CDs oh. or DVDs. I said I sing on all that for Sports Illustration. Wow. And these were just my little, you know, recording sessions that I would get called for at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when I was living in New York. And I had no idea that these things were going to, you know, yeah. at one day, and one day they would really be significant and people would go, oh my goodness, you that was you. And I go, yeah, it was me. How about that? <laughs> yeah, Cookie, I think you got a book or maybe a documentary in your future. I mean, this I is really interesting. I've, I've, been asked, I've been asked people to ask, they said, you need to write all this stuff down. And I said, yeah, I guess I could one day. But, you know, I let, let the politicians write their books. I, I want to ask you something. I always ask these people that are, because there are some, and they're all in Vegas, it seems, that really do these great tributes, mm-hmm. and you're certainly one of them. When mm-hmm. you do something like that, do you actually try to you know, find your inner Tina, or is it the idea that you sing like, or, okay, I'm just going to go out and do no, this? You don't, no, it's it's finding the inner Tina. It is finding the inner Elvis. It's, it's really, you. first of all, it, it, it hooves me that you have some people who don't even know they have no history knowledge of the character that they do. Yeah, that's and ridiculous. It shows. And it shows. But I have, just like I said, I've been blessed that every time Tina has come to Las Vegas because of uh, the, you know, the association from yeah. the days of New York, I've always given a VIP pass, tickets, and I, I've watched, I've seen every show when she came, you know, Come yeah. and uh, you have to do. I mean, there's some people that I, you know, like some ladies that I know that do uh, 
Celine Dion, and I said, well, have you ever seen her? She said, oh, no. I should look at the videos. I said, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> you know, how do you do, how do you, I mean, for those, unfortunately, that have passed on, I can understand. Right. But if you're doing a character that is still vile or you could have had an opportunity to see them, you should go and see them. See what they do on stage. See how they walk. See how they talk. See, you know, how they uh, they think. I mean, all of that. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I mean, even the ladies that do Tina Turner that I know, they've never seen them. That's crazy. Seen them live. Because don't you kind of have to go see their, you know, cookie and see, to kind of pick up that personality? Because that's a big part of this, too. I mean, you have to become her, in other words, really to you do this. You have to become her. And then, just like I said, my whole, I'm very famous for saying, get still Tina's only says this, and she only did it for a couple of years. When she was already on stage, she would say, okay, are you ready for me? You know, <laughs> yeah. and I said, that line is going to be my calling card, and that's what I would do before I would walk on stage. I and I have the mic, you know, on, and I'll holler around. I want to know one thing. Are you ready for me? <laughs> and, you know, I would get the audience going before they even see me. You know, yeah. But I mean, just like I said, those are the little tricks and things that you learn over the years from just going to concerts and just seeing what people do. Yeah, you know. And you know, it's so important because that energy. I remember seeing Tina Turner when she had just gone solo from when she uh-huh. left Ike sure. in the Venetian Room in San Francisco at the Fairmont Hotel, and it was you, know, you started out like that. Hotel, you're kidding. And that's when she did Disco Inferno. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps, and we're speaking to Cookie Watkins, whose tribute to Tina Turner is the closest thing you'll ever find to the real Tina Turner. Yeah, and that energy is just so, and, and that's what you've got in your show, that energy oh, yeah. that is unique, really, you know, it is a unique thing out there, uh, just fantastic. And my favorite song, which is the old John Fogarty song, Proud Mary, uh, of course. that's how you do... Uh, that's usually your final song, isn't it? That's my final song, and because everybody's been waiting, and I always, and I set it up so perfectly because I do simply the best before I do Proud Mary. So simply the best is like an anthem. So I get the audience all going, and they're so excited that they're on their feet singing "Simply the Best," and then it's almost like you've been a lovely audience, and blah blah blah, and they go, "Huh?" Yeah. <laughs> so like, wait a minute, and then I said, "Oh." I almost forgot. And then the guitar player will go into doom, 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 doom. And next one they get, I got them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, right. They're really going. And then after the big, you know, uh, finale of that, I come back with Nutbush. Wow, know? yeah, Nutbush, and, great Bob Seger song. Yeah, great oh, song. Yeah I, come back, yeah, I come back with Nutbush. So, I mean, I really have strategically worked on my presentation with the song selection you know, it's like a lot of people don't know that her comeback song, they think it was What's Love Got to Do With It, but it was not. It was Let's Stay Together. Yeah. That was her come. That was when she came back, uh, you know, as recording artist and stuff. So, I mean, I have all of those songs in there, and I have a little section where I do the songs from movies. And I'll do uh, Hero from uh, Thunderdome, and then I'll do, um, uh, oh, my goodness, What's the other one? Because uh, my mind's gone now. You got me going here. Uh, well, I do Hero, and I'll do uh, What's Love, you know, because that's from that was actually from the movie. Right. You know, and uh, that 
you know, the, 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 I, break, I, break, I do the show in sections, more or less. It's all one piece, but it's in sections where I break up. And I'd like to sometimes talk about her life. Yeah. When she performed those songs, like what was going on in her life. I kind of educate. Uh, I, I guess my show was almost like a documentary, <laughs> a yeah. documentary performance. Of and, Tina Turner. Yeah, and by, by doing the songs the way you do, you kind of hold the audience in your hand. You take them on this trip, and you really oh, get you to know them. you take them on a trip. You take them on a Tina Turner trip, you know. And then, oh, I know the other song I do was. But now let's what that off because a lot of people don't know it, but Acid Queen. Oh, yeah, from, from the, the Who. Yeah, right. Yeah, from the movie Tommy. So I'm just saying, you know, she's done. And, of course, GoldenEye. But see, now when I go to Europe, that's when I put all those songs out because they really know those songs over there. You yeah. know, they love that, the Golden Eye. And I mean, Golden Eye over there is like Proud Mary uh, to them in Europe. And in Australia, uh, Nutbush is like the, their Proud Mary. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing what people, just the different songs that different people, you know, what they like. I have gotten the honor from Tina Turner and her management that if she was not able to do jobs, which she is retired now. Yeah. She would, tell, you know, their office would tell them, "You need to contact Cookie Watkins." They said she's the next best thing to Tina you're ever going to see. Which plug, uh, you know, I was also on the, I was a finalist on that show about nine years ago, called The Next Best Thing, and uh, it was on ABC. It was just a summer pilot mm-hmm. show, and the. Judges, it was so funny when I came into audition, they said to me, um, and if you go on YouTube, you can see some footage uh, of it. And they said to me, they said, we saw 50 Tina Turners. And they said, and we just think that they also just hang up their wigs now. <laughs> then we see you, you know. And I said, no, everybody can do what they do. The best way they can do it is fine. You know, I just know that my heart is really in it and my soul. And Absolutely. I know when I come on that stage, that's it. I take no prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> so true, so true. A great talent. Cookie, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com.
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with some of our regular contributors. For starters, let's chat once again with nutritionist Melissa Anderson. And we'll continue the conversation about fiber that we've been having for the last few weeks, which doesn't have to be a challenge for your taste buds, especially here in Vegas. Some of these restaurants in town, you know, right. especially if you, if you ask for things like that, they will present it in such a way that it'll be memorable. It, it, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be painful to do this. <laughs> no, actually, it's super enjoyable. At first, it's kind of hard because you have to, like, just sort of force yourself to, like, try to eat more fiber where you'd rather have more pizza or something. But Mm -hmm. then like, I think you can attest to this, that so quickly you start feeling so good that it just becomes this like self perpetuating habit. Well, it does a lot for you. You know, you've talked a little bit. I mean, obviously if you've got a problem with bowel health, this is, (laughs) this is your answer, but there's so much more than that. Uh, Cholesterol Mm -hmm. levels. And what shocked me is, it really helps take those blood sugar levels down. And it seems yeah. like everybody over 40 is talking <laughs> about type 2 diabetes. Is a, what a wonderful thing to fight that. Yes, absolutely. And and that's a one where, um, you know, the, the soluble fiber is really good for lowering cholesterol and uh, blood pressure and that kind of stuff. But the both soluble and insoluble fiber are good for um, blood glucose management. So, um, and just to touch on it really quickly, because I hadn't prior, the insoluble fiber, it does not absorb water. It's more of like, I like to think of it as a Brillo pad or an SOS pad. It kind of goes through your gut and like scrapes out the nasty stuff and just kind of pushes it out. Wow, that's an attractive thought. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> well, you know, I was looking this up in the Mayo Clinic because we've talked about a lot of things, but I was trying to think, of, is there anything I'm missing? And they said, believe it or not, some of this stuff actually helps you live longer. Now, I assume it's because of all those things like cholesterol level. It even reduces blood blood pressure and inflammation. Everybody talks about inflammation now. Do you find, having been in this for a while, it's kind of been ignored because until I met you, yeah, you'd hear about fiber. You, you know, you know that fiber is good and so forth, but it was always about lower calories, lower mm. calories, and of course that that matters too. But it, I, I think it's been up until uh, recently kind of ignored as, as much as, as, as it should be a red light, you know, it's a real, uh, come here, uh, eat this. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I mean, fiber is not a real sexy term, <laughs> right. you know, whereas like keto, ooh, that sounds exciting, you know. So it's like actually all, pretty much all of the truly healthy diets, like Mediterranean or DASH diet, they are super healthy largely in part because they have a lot of fiber in them. It's so the fiber is really like the grunt horse doing the bulk of the work, but it's not getting the credit because it's called the Mediterranean diet, not the high fiber diet, you know? Right, right. (laughs) So yeah, so we're kind of finally starting to give credit fiber. It's due credit. Well, thanks, Melissa. We'll talk more about the fiber lifestyle again next week. Time now to visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. For the last few weeks or so, Scott and I have looked at some of the dumb things happening in Vegas. Today, though, we're changing course, looking instead at great things that are unique to Vegas. And today's topic is something very unique. It was number one on your list, and 
I don't know a thing about, and I don't think most people do, so I'm going to ask you to explain it. The Omega Mart <laughs> at Area 15. What the heck is that? <laughs> well, this was a sleeper. Um, you are right that I do sound like I'm griping a lot, and uh, that's because it's kind of fun and funny to gripe about things. But I, the reason I do what I do is I love Las Vegas. I'm a cheerleader for Las Vegas, and I love being able to share stuff with folks that they might not otherwise discover. And Omega Mart is that thing. It is the best non-gambling activity in the history of Las Vegas. So it's a little hard to describe because, so Area 15 is like a mall. It's a, it's kind of an edgy digital kind of, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interactive immersive kind of vibe, right? And Omega Mart is a venue within Area 15. It's about one minute from the strip, so it's not far to go. So Omega Mart is, uh, it is a, uh, on, the, on its surface, it's a grocery store. But it is, remember back in the day, like Mad Magazine would do these funny takes on products, right? It would be this kind of twisted take. Uh, and it, every product in this store at Omega Mart is purchasable and funny and weird and disturbing and creative. It's amazing. There's hundreds of products. So that looks like what Omega Mart is, but that's not what it is at all. Inside the grocery store, there are pa hidden passageways. You go through the passageways, these little hallways, and you just, this is all to be discovered. <laughs> you discover all of it, and you go into 60 rooms of art and sensory overload and just the most amazing visuals and things you have never seen before. It's utterly original, memorable, remarkable, uh, buzzworthy. Like it is, it's fantastic. And within, so that's the next layer. So you got the grocery store. That's weird. Oh, there's a bar in there too. I should mention that. Uh, then you go into these 60 rooms, which is which is they consider kind of an art exhibit. Uh, there is art, but it's a lot of it's very kind of interactive and different and just stunning and creative. But then there's another layer of like mystery. So you use you get a card. It's like a little plastic card, and you boop it. Uh, that's the only way I can describe it. Is you boop these little terminals and it gives you clues and story and characters and background. And there's this whole storytelling element. Uh, the first time I went, I did not know that existed. So I'm one of the morons who's just like, Oh, I can't pretty lights and funny products. and blah blah blah. So it's, it tells the story that you can kind of solve or work your way through. It's layers of just creativity and storytelling and it's unlike anything you've ever seen or experienced in your life. It's funny in points. It's mysterious in points. There's a giant slide for the kids, <laughs> like a double helix slide, like three stories tall. There's interactive stuff. There's stuff where, you know, it's sound related. It's light related. It, that's the best way I, I can describe it is it's, it's just sensory overload. It's super creative, and it, it really – it's like 40 bucks, and it's the best thing you can do. There's so many great attractions in Vegas, but this one I put uh, after you're done gambling and going to, getting drunk 
and you know doing the usual Vegas stuff. This is one you've got to do because it's just so startlingly original and creative. And I've had people say, I don't get it. I don't like those people because I don't understand their brain, the way their brain works, because the way mine works, it's, it's utterly creative and original. And that's so rare. And one of the biggest problems that Mega Mart has had is it's hard to describe it. Well, to me, that's what makes it fun. So <laughs> I say spend an afternoon. At, you know, it's family friendly. It, it's just a blast. It's an absolute creative, weird, twisted take on so many things. It, it, the, the mind reels. Let's, let's put it that way. Wow. I, I can't wait to go. I'm just curious. So you talk about these weird products. So you'd have to bring back a souvenir. What, give me an idea of like what's a weird product they have, for example. <laughs> One of my favorite is, so it's the, uh, on the outside of the can, it's, it's pictures of peanuts, but it's peanut-free. It's a peanut-free can of peanuts, <laughs> salted peanuts, so it's just salt. So it's, it, everything has a little twist. Uh, there are actual edible products. There are some you probably shouldn't eat, but it's the, the, I think the tagline they use is kind of like nothing is as it appears. So there's just there's meat things that should not be made of meat. There's, you know, there's, uh, it, there's philosophical products that just make you kind of sit and go, I, who is the demented genius who thought of this stuff? It's funny and it's weird and you can take it home, uh, which is, you know, really fun that they actually made products that can be purchased, but they're, nothing is what it says on the label. That's pretty much it. Thanks, Scott. And make sure to visit Scott every week at VitalVegas.com for the very latest on what's happening in Las Vegas. Well, coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. Go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rock and Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Vegas, here we go!